Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 37 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast apps. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And if you're feeling generous, you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show. I'm Gerard Detroit here with Paul Vosch. Paul, uh, we're doing a quick turnaround this time, but there's really a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, no, the, it's a it's a very quick turnaround. I mean, it's really like it's like three days since we last recorded. I think we recorded on what, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, we recorded on Thursday, and it's Sunday now. So yeah, yeah. very quick turnaround. Well, it's enough has happened, and we've been and we found something else yeah. to fill out the other half of the show too. Yeah. And I and I went to a I went to a concert actually. Oh, that's <laughs> I, right. How like, was it? A lot of stuff. Yeah. How was the concert? It was amazing. It was Lordy, Baby Metal, and Sabaton, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. All three of them. That's quite the combination. <laughs> they fit. They fit together better than I thought they would. Especially Baby Metal and Sabaton. Like I love both of them, but it didn't fit that like they would actually kind of complement each other. Like I think they're both like really like flashy bands. I think they actually like work well as like. Like, I think Baby Metal actually works really well as support for Sabaton. And then Sabaton just absolutely tore the house down for two hours. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've got a lot to get to, but something we missed on our last episode, Paul, Koji Iwamoto's return to pro wrestling. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm really curious what he's going to do now. And uh, But he's not in all Japan because I think yeah. his contract expired probably at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he had uh, one, I think it was reported that he had one more year left, and 
that he was just going to take that entire contract year off basically and was going to be a free agent. But he's basically returning on June 18th at a Keiichi Sato produce where it's him and Sato versus a K- Kotaro Suzuki and uh, Daimonji So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm really curious because I think, remember like back when he was like starting to take a hiatus, like we were kind of like throwing around ideas what he might do. And my idea was that he was just going to pop up and great, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that's the case. But I mean, I mean, we're actually going to talk about some big Japan as well, because something I might be curious about, because um, Fuminori Abe is also a free agent. Like he left Basara as well at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. Abe and, and uh, Iwamoto came up together in uh, Sportiva back right. in the day. Because I remember like when both of them were like pretty new and both of them were like starting to get booked by all Japan. I was actually hoping that like the, like because they have like really good chemistry. I was actually hoping that both of them would get signed, and then mm-hmm. Abe went to Basara instead. So I'm wondering if maybe if something gets started, they both might like join up with that. Yo, you think something else is gonna start? I don't. I don't think anything major, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's like they kind of work together in some ways. Because again, like. I know that they haven't really done that much together like in the last years, but I think they're still like, like they both joined the dojo, I think pretty much like the Sportiva, like gym, like pretty much at the same time. So there's obviously still like a connection there. And they're both free agents now at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's possible that Iwamoto returns to All Japan now that uh, a certain someone is gone? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked about that either. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell you which promotion he won't be popping in, and that's Kyushu Pro. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that. I mean, that's assuming that Tajiri was the source of all of these problems, which uh, not a bad guess. I, I no, know. I mean, given that like that, pretty much like Nomura made his return the moment Tajiri got cooed out of power. I think it's a pretty strong sign. Yeah, definitely, and also we thought he was finished with pro wrestling to become a bodybuilder, but Ryoma. Ryoma Sukumoto is returning on uh, what's the date here? Um, well, it's in it's in hard hit. He's coming back in uh, I think June or May. I mean that is all Japan adjacent. Like again, it's run by Hikaru Sato. Uh, yeah. So it's sort of weird, I think, but because uh, I thought his knee was sort of fucked. <laughs> I mean. If you kind of want to like try it out, going to like something like hard hit, you know, where you just work like what four times, six times a year, I think max. Like you don't work much else than that. Like if you really want to like see if your if your body can hold up, I think that's like a perfect way to like test that out. I think OG Shiva actually did something similar because he left Dragon Gate with like loads of like injury problems as well. Yeah, and I think like a couple of his first matches were like in hard hit as well. And then when he like felt more comfortable, that's when he like started and branching out and appeared like all Japan as well. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe that's what this is. And, or maybe he just wants to be a weekend warrior, which I guess if you've already had like knee problems, that might also, and you still, but you still want to continue wrestling might also right. be the worst idea. That's very possible. So we'll have to see what happens to Iwamoto and Sukumoto. Uh, but since we're on the topic of someone with knee injuries, Paul, we also forgot to mention this. Uh, uh, Naoya Nomura did a live stream on his Instagram where he said he hasn't had knee surgery yet because his knee got infected. 
That's freaking bad. That's and he's going to be up for even longer. Yeah, I that I mean, when the first knee injury happened, I was like, I, I feel hopeful that he's coming back. But if the knee is getting infected, that's really not a good sign. That's, that's going to make things so much worse. Yeah, so he hasn't even had surgery yet, so I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bother to No, no, I think <laughs> try to he's, play. Yeah. He's out yeah. until further the notice. Like and, if and, he comes back at all, I think it's good at this point. Yeah, and uh, I think unfortunately, uh I was a little hopeful when he did return, but I think the ship has sailed on him, even if he yeah, does come back. Yeah. Because No, so, I think especially with all the young guys and everything. And possibly someone else that we're going to talk about a lot on this upcoming show. Yeah. yeah. So that's very unfortunate, but uh, obviously, you know, Naoya is one of my favorites, so I wish him very yeah. well in his recovery, and I hope to see him back in the ring. Yeah, that, he, this is going to be such a, like, big what if, if, like, people start looking back at this era of, like, all Japan in, like, 10 years or so. Yeah, uh, he will, he's definitely the biggest what if, um, which is truly a shame, but. But I mean, it wasn't even the pandemic. It, he legitimately had a very bad neck injury and yeah. everything like yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he didn't even get to it. Like he skipped the pandemic completely, like by accident, completely. Yeah. Um. Which, uh, you know, and then he made some questionable choices. Yeah. As he was well, getting back fair, into, I don't, it. I don't, I don't fault him for like going to the basement because I think that was a similar let's test out if my body can hold up before I like go somewhere bigger. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what the reason why we were recording only like three days later again, <laughs> champion carnival finals at Oda city general gymnasium, Paul in front of 2,437 fans. Great number that blew away my expectations. I yeah. thought if they get to 2000, that would be a big success, but damn, they beat the uh um, big new japan they beat the new japan 51st anniversary show which was bishamon yeah. versus okada and tanahashi and they were about yeah. 300 less than uh new year's dash yeah and we we should mention well that it apparently was like pouring rain in tokyo that day but yes. it was basically no walk up uh yeah so well, that's impressive and i and honestly i was looking i don't know this is not an exact science but there was a lot when you go to the tickets it's like Plenty available. There's only a few left and sold out. Only like the front row was sold out. And there was a lot of like, you know, more general admission style stuff available. So I was a little skeptical mm -hmm. that they would, they would set a record like this. That's <laughs> what I should say, basically. Oh, yeah. You I know, mean, this but... is the biggest number since like, like really far back because. Well, before the pandemic, they didn't, they hadn't really run that building since like 2014. Mm -hmm. Well, there was the 50th anniversary show. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. But before that, the next biggest attendance was February 2020. No, sorry. February 2019, which was uh, Suwama versus Kento at uh, Yokohama, the old Yokohama Bunka. Oh, sorry. Oh, you mean like in terms of like the general attendance? I was yes. talking about the I was talking about Otomo. Oh no, no, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no. But yeah, this is the best attendance in like a long time, like excluding the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Uh. So that's a very good sign, I think. Um. And uh, well, uh, I thought the show was pretty good. 
Yeah, no, I, I really like the show as well. It was long, though. It was really long. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a completely unnecessary intermission they took. That Yeah, that I don't know what happened there. Like, like the Big Japan intermission wasn't that long, and they had to, like, clean up after death matches. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, I see, you know, I was thinking long and hard about this during this intermission, and I wonder that they do these intermissions on these big shows like this because they are trying to get every single last yen of merch sales they can. Yeah. And I mean, we've heard reports that like the checky lines and everything for Anzai are already pretty long. So if you have... Oh, and, and Unagi's checky lines anything, were probably... Like, Unagi's yeah. checky lines probably too. Yeah. So uh, they were probably like selling a boatload of merch and just wrung the people dry. And then when they were sure that everyone was actually back, they restarted <laughs> the show. Yeah, that would not shock me if that was some of the uh, logic behind it. So we start off with uh, the New Japan Young Line team of Yuto Nakajima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei Fujita. They defeated Ryuki Honda, Ryo Inoue, and Ojishiba in 9 minutes and 30 seconds with an arm lock from Fujita on Inoue. Paul, this was another one of those great like New Japan lines coming in and fucking things up. Yeah, no, this this was just... This was violent. This was surprising. This was more violent than some of the death matches in uh, in Big Japan. Uh, Nakashima got busted open, like his mouth. Yeah, and yeah, no, this was, this was just they were just there was some hatred here. This felt like an act. Like this feels like an actual feud, despite yeah. the fact that it is just like a bunch of young guys. And the biggest young boy isn't even involved in this. Like, Anzai is kind of, like, out of the feud now, which is, like, even weirder. Yeah, uh, because they decided to, like, play up Honda and Nakashima instead. Which, I mean, that's a nice thing to, like, transition to. Like, if you, like, I mean, and that's also, like, an easy, nice win to, like, give Honda as well, if you want to do that as a singles match at some point. Mm-hmm. There's less politics on that one, because Honda's, like, not a young guy. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, but I I still want to see that Nakashima enzyme match. <laughs> no, um, fun, but yeah, I mean, like you know, if you got to pick and choose, you got to watch this. Yeah. No, usual, no, no, definitely. Like... You could skip towards the end, but like you should like watch that beginning one as well. Yeah. Next up, we had the junior special six man tag match: Aski Oyagi, Rising Hayato, and Al Lindemann defeated Kaido Ishida. Kotaro Suzuki and Yutani of Black Generation International in 11 minutes and 36 seconds when it Atsuki used a firewood splash on uh, Suzuki. Um, this wasn't quite as heated as that first match, but it was still a pretty good like junior six man. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised uh, Suzuki was taking the pin and not Yutani? Uh, yes, I was actually. But I guess it makes sense due to what happened later because they wanted to give Atsuki a bit more of a statement win, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I thought in this match it would just be like Lindemann pinning one of the, <laughs> yeah, that, the that other a good opinion. <laughs> great guys just for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, this was, this was good. Um, but uh, I would have, well, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I would have had this a little later on the card. <laughs> yeah, think. no, there were definitely other things that you probably could have put into this spot. Maybe like a nice singles match or something. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. Oh, and uh, a report uh, from Adam Croydon, who is in the uh, VOW Discord. He said he was at the show and that uh, 
Hayato is extremely over among the young women. Yeah, I mean, that too surprised me. Like, that's the exact type of character that Dragon Gate has made an absolute shitload of money off of DS. And I'm surprised no one's really tried and copy that over the years. But I think finally all Japan has, like, realized it's like, oh, yeah, if you just have this kind of character, there's, like, a specific type of woman that will just go absolutely bonkers and basically buy everything, every kind of merch or anything this person ever puts out. Well, they're kind of doing with the Atsuki, too. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I was the report, right, that, like, the Aoyagi's brothers were, like, even out selling Kento and Turn. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, from a month or two ago. And so next up, special uh, six-person tag match. Yoshitatsu, Unagi Sayaka, and Saki defeated Hikaru Sato, Kaori Yonayama, and Yu in 10 minutes and 44 seconds with a diving knee drop from Saki and Yonayama. Uh, so... What we seem to be going here with these mixed tag matches in all Japan is we started off relatively serious and they're becoming <laughs> more and more comedy matches each time out. Yeah. This I mean, is at the least most... we had some, yeah, at least we had some re- interactions between Unagi and Suwama backstage. So Yes, that was after the show. So that's not dead. But um, I mean, this was more comedy. Uh, Hakar Sato was in his YMZ gimmick with that. <laughs> what do you even call that piece of clothing? I don't know. The 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 sweater, right? Yeah, the turtleneck yeah, the sweater vir- with no sleeves. The yeah, the back. the virgin the virgin killer sweater. Yeah. Yeah, and then Yoshitatsu came out wearing one. And then <laughs> yeah, that, one, that's not a sight I really needed to see to be quite honest. And then at one point he put one on Unagi. Yeah. <laughs> now is 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 this the first appearance of pervert pervert Hikaru or like hentai? Hikaru Sato or whatever you want to call him in all Japan. I feel like he's done it once or twice, but at like house shows. Never at like a major show, I think. Oh, at Shinkiba probably. Yeah, yeah. I think he's done it at like Shinkiba shows, yeah. But this is like definitely the biggest show he's ever done this on in all Japan. Yes, absolutely. I mean including YMZ shows. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's true too, yeah. yeah. So uh no, but you I know actually I have actually seen pervert Hikaru Sato like very close in action because actually back in 2019 i actually did go to a ymz show <laughs> what was that like it was really fun it had a, because it actually had a really good singles match it had uh hikaru shida versus um isami kodaka as a oh, okay. match in the main event yeah that was really good that's interesting uh yeah so this had you know a lot of like sato pervert spots so you know your mileage may vary on those and stuff like that yeah uh, the last couple minutes were like actually perfectly good wrestling um, from the women. So mm-hmm. leading up to Yonayama. And I still don't know where we're, where we're actually going with this. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, after backstage, I didn't watch the whole thing, but like uh, Suwama came up to Inagi and like they yelled at each other and stuff like that. So I mean, maybe the Suwama heel turn is not like him getting kicked out of Voodoo Murder. It's him finally teaming up with Unagi. He's been assessed. Yeah, and Nagi's going to assess him, so uh, it seems to be this deal. And next up, we had Shuji Shikawa, Cyrus, Ren Ayabe, and Oscar Loibe defeating Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Mitsuya Nagai, and the smallest X ever, Black Mensa Ray, uh, with a Fire Thunder driver on Ishikawa on Mensa Ray. Should be noted that Mensa Ray was the referee for the previous match, and then he, like... <laughs> 
tried to swerve everyone and then took his shirt off and was like, I'm in the match. Even though the match graphic <laughs> silhouette was clearly black Menzo red. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I actually liked that one. I actually thought that was funny. <laughs> um, this, well, I mean, of course, Menzo Ray got like tossed around by the very large man mm-hmm. for a bunch. And then like the last couple of minutes were actually pretty good. And Menzo Ray like held his own against Ishikawa and like got a near fall and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's always easy to forget that Mensore is just an actually good wrestler. Yes, he is. Um, he's just is just doing comedy sports all the time. But whenever he like does get to like properly wrestle, it's really good. Like I would always like call back when he had that uh, Gear TV title re- match with uh, Jun Kasai. And they basically just did like a bunch of like comedy spots early on. And then they just switched over to having a serious match and it actually ended up being really good. And I think, I think Mensure even took off his mask as well in that one. Yes, he did. And then there was that match against um, Sato for the junior title last year because someone got sick. Yeah. Yeah, that was also great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Oh, uh, Hiroshi Yamato. He got COVID yeah. and then like uh, Mensure subbed in like two days notice and that was also really good. To be fair, I think that's also one of the reasons why he's like in all Japan because he's just a very solid hand and he can put into like whatever position you need him in and even like a more serious spot if like really big emergencies happen. So yeah, like he's just a great glue guy on the roster. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I like this match. You know, was everyone getting in their spots here? I noticed that mm-hmm. Nagai wrestled the least of anyone in this match. I don't even remember a single thing. I just remember him standing just leaning on the top turnbuckle. And that's all I remember him doing, to be honest. The guy started and he did some stuff against Cyrus, I think. And then like, he just disappeared. Yeah. No, but like the big man, like, yeah. Like them just tossing around black man's array. That was a, a ton yeah. of fun. So this was a lot of fun. I thought uh, simple mm-hmm. formula, but it was well uh, pulled off. Yeah. Um, Next up, we had Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori defeating Yuma Aoyagi and Takao Omori in 8 minutes and 53 seconds with a God-style pile driver on uh, Takao Omori from Suzuki. Uh, the funny thing was at the beginning of this match, uh, Hokuto and Takao started off, and then there was like Omori chants. <laughs> and Hokuto was like, oh, are these for me? <laughs> yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Um, he's such a good prick. Like that's why still like, yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not much to say about this match. It was a nice little like three star no. match and everything like that, just to put these guys on the show. Really, it felt like it. Yeah, I wonder if I'll ever get a name for the Suzuki faction. Yeah, although I suppose given the talent involved, you could have moved this somewhere up and something else down. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what you're talking about. (laughs) And then we had our intermission. Our long intermission. Do we do we just want to take a break for as long as the intermission is? (laughs) No, because the longest episode if we do that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, when we return from intermission, we had the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Naruki Doi defeated Dan Tamer in eleven minutes and fifty-eight seconds with the Bakatari sliding kick for the second his second successful defense of the title. I thought this was pretty good. I don't know if it was as good as some of, like, it was definitely not as good as I thought the Hayato or Atsuki matches that Doi had, but still very good. Told the story of, like, you know, Doi had problems keeping Tamara down, but then eventually put him down after, like, what what's the move he uses to set up the Bakatare? 
uh, the TKO. Um, I don't remember what he's calling it. He did like those three, in a, three yeah. of those in a row before he could hit the Bakatari yeah. on... Uh... I really like that as a finish. Like, I think Doye... Like, I think he's done that in all three matches where, like, he's made, like... He made Atsuki Hayato and Dan look really strong in defeat. Well, uh, he used the muscle bomb, muscular bomb on Atsuki. Yeah. So. And then he and uh, Hayato got to kick out of one uh, Bakatari. Oh, that's kick. right. Yes, he did. Yeah. 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 And then he used, like, the four like three or four like tkos on high uh, on dan before he like hit the bakatari yeah so you know uh i yeah i thought there were, i guess there was less we talked about this on the last episode a slight chance but i didn't really think it was going to happen because um atsuki came out after the match to challenge yeah. and i assume since that match wasn't announced it's going to be on the june oda ward and really it should be yeah yeah and also, they kind of spoiled the outcome of this during intermission when they announced a bunch of upcoming cards. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I actually only talked about that in the Discord after the match was finished because mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, that's gonna lose." Because it was just all Doi and Atsuki on opposite sides, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay. I think I get what's happening here." Yeah, sort of interesting because I don't know where Doi goes from here because he lost in the first round of the King of DDT. Mm-hmm tournament the day before and now it looks like he's going to lose the title so it'd be interesting to see what happens where he bounces to next or i mean i mean hang around but what's he going to do i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he's just kind of downcycling himself from now like he he kind of did a bunch of stuff like as a freelancer and like he did a bunch of like really important stuff put a bunch of people over so i wouldn't be surprised if he's just kind of like taking it easier going forward take a few paychecks just to show up instead of doing too much i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, he. I mean, uh, yeah. I unfortunately took a look at the uh, the latest J stage show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, guess who were uh, because Doi worked the opener on that one, but uh, guess against who? Unfortunately. Oh really? Yeah, he worked. He worked Joji Otani in the, oh my uh, God. In the opener. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least he won, I guess. But yeah, that's still. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting yeah. that he would Presence. be willing to he would be willing to work against him because so many other even small companies won't even touch him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 but I guess it's also like out of the way enough as well because it's like yeah, it wasn't even like it wasn't even Shinkiba. It was like Basement Monster for like <laughs> seventy people. Didn't J like before the pandemic? J stage actually like kind of draw like decent crowds for an indie. Uh, I don't remember anywhere else, but like the Shinkiba show I went to with them, like drew pretty good. Like that was sold out, but that also had strong hearts in the main event. Mm. Next up, we've alluded to this match. <laughs> Kono defeated Manabusoi in eight minutes and 53 seconds with the crossed arm breaker. Now, let me say this. This wasn't like horrible, but it wasn't great either. Kono just moves very slowly at this point and everything like that so it just sort of killed the the, the flow of the show yeah so mission specialist kono <laughs> yes mma s uh mma kono so this should have been like funaki after Bonnet. this should have been like the second or third match of the show yeah no there, there was no re- like i kind of get why they put this here because the other setup match for the tag title match was next but yeah i agree that like 
you can you just came off like a really good like title defense like really like high speed match as well because that match was like go 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 and then you go to kono after that and it just yeah it really disrupted the flow of the show mm-hmm. and then uh next up uh the all japan world tag team title skirmish Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated Keno, Hiroki, and Hajime Ohara in 17 minutes and 17 seconds when Suwama used the last ride on Ohara. Paul, I think this was pretty good. You could say mm-hmm. maybe it went a, a couple minutes too long, but I loved every second of the Suwama and Keno stuff, and they have great chemistry. Yeah. No, I I, I actually like this one as well. This exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I actually sure. even like Suwama working with the Noah Juniors. Because he's just so much taller than them. Yeah. Like, because Noah, on average, it's like even the heavyweights, like they're taller than the juniors, but not by that much. No. Not like this size. Like Kenneth. Manabu Soya. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or like, like, but even Manabu Soya, who's like one of the tallest guys there, like Tsuwama towers over him. Yeah. So, yeah, him just, and like, same with the Satos as well. So, them just kind of going in there and just destroying Hiroki was like really good. Like yeah. it was really fun to see, and uh, you know, I, I agree that it exceeded my expectations. And we also got a nice preview, uh, or rather, we got a spoiler for something that will later happen in Noah then as well after the match. Uh, what was that? Well, what happened after the match was over? Oh, uh, Keno got put in a body bag. Yes, so that means Keno is winning the N one. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's a good. Uh, I think that's uh, can run with some good luck if you get stuffed in a body bag like a couple months before a tournament. Very clearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they carried Keno out, and then they like cut a promo backstage with like Keno in the body bag lying on the ground in front of them. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they walked away, and then Keno just looked like he was taking a very peaceful nap until Hiroki took him out of the body bag. <laughs> Uh, I thought the Saitos looked actually pretty decent here too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, like, at some point, like, the match did everything it needed to do, and then it just kept going. Yeah, but, you but mean, I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, no, I agree. But I, I think the best part probably was, I think it was June Saito who just speared like Keno into oblivion. Yep. Well, there's also that spot where Keno moved out of the way, and then like Ray splashed June. And then yeah. Keno did like the PFS off the top onto both of them. Yes. <laughs> no, Keno, Keno, as always, was the highlight of the match. Oh, Keno was over as like a baby face. Yeah. I should add, I didn't crowd expect on... him to get this many like re- reactions from an All Japan crowd. No. Yeah. I uh, should add, the crowd was great on this show. Yes. No, uh, yeah, from the yeah. very first match, which was a very good, smart thing, because you put in like an interpromotional match to start the show, it got them hot mm-hmm. early. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like at least some like more like New Japan fans at that show. Oh, there definitely were. Yeah. So yeah, no, you, you got the crowd hot, and then it like stayed hot like all night long. As, yeah, no, I think that's actually something now that we're kind of like. Basically, because Japanese crowds are kind of different now. Like, I think in that way, like, they kind of need to, like, do more stuff like that, where they actually have, like, an opener that really gets the crowd hot now. Yes. You can't you just throw to. it, like, a, a young boy singles match. You actually need to, like, give people something to sink their teeth into. Absolutely. You have to, like, heat them up a lot harder at the beginning uh, and everything like that. 
No, uh, and all Japan has been good about that. Like, like yeah. them throwing out like Kento first, like Realtree as the first person out of the. Well, the funny thing the was, I thought that the crowd was sort of hot when they were doing the big like Kono versus Soya introductions, and then they quieted as the match went on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually now that I think about Noah has actually been doing something similar as well, and it's been working pretty well for them. But they like send out Kano to, to yes. cut a promo at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that's perhaps that's not just to kill time when your wrestlers mysteriously disappear. No, yes, I, because that, that was very reasonable when we expected that. But he did that at the show on Thursday as well. So I was like, oh, maybe that is like an actual thing. And that crowd was great. So yeah, like that seems to be working. Speaking of heat. Tetsuya Naito and Bushi defeated Kento Miyahara <laughs> and Yuma Anzai in 17-17 with a destino from Naito on Anzai. I mean, this was like almost a spectacle in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, long-ass entrances from both teams, of <laughs> course, because of Kento and Naito. And then Naito, yeah. you know, gingerly like removing his suit. And then Naito stalling, of course, because he's avoiding like locking up with kento tagging in and out to bushi and then they finally lock up and then like it's like a really fun match and then the last few minutes of anzai naito are great like anzai gets like a 2.9 on naito to the huge like crowd reaction and then it like didn't didn't it take both like naito and bushi to finally put anzai away yeah pretty much uh yeah bushi hit the uh whatever he calls his like code breaker thing yeah and then he like dove onto Miyahara on the outside as well to like keep yeah. him out. Yeah. So Anzai looked good in defeat. You got yeah. your first Kento and because I'm pretty sure they'd never met before. I, I couldn't find anything. Don't, like I don't think where they even would have. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's like it was a spectacle match. Like I mean, the work was good on the in the later half of the match. But, like, you have to take in the whole thing as, like, the stalling and the character work. Oh, and Kento, like, hawked the biggest fucking loogie in Naito. Did you see <laughs> yeah. how big that was? Yeah, no, he he went deep on that. He got some flag on that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you like when Ke- uh, Naito and his opponents spit on each other, also, this match is for you. Yeah, that, that's but definitely I mean, a sign that we're post-COVID now. Yes. Yeah, and the, oh, yeah, because uh, Kento got misted by Bushi. Yep, that too. And everything like that. So, I mean, you know, if you are a Naito fan, you have to see this match, I think. And I, I need to say, I actually did, like, they got me very briefly. Yeah. Like, I think they might actually do the absolutely insane thing here and actually have Anzai pin Naito. Because <laughs> Naito, Naito delayed that kick out until, like, literally, like, the last millisecond. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, yeah and mean, then after that, it was clear who was what what was going to happen. But yeah, no, that that was pretty good. Semi main. Uh, uh, do you have any idea what Miyahara said on the mic after the match? Like, was it t- continuing to tease stuff with Naito, or I don't know? I, I have a feeling that, that that's what he was doing, and I mean, that might not be like that. Might be also like a good thing for like all together, where you do yeah. like Kento, yeah. Yuma, and like someone else maybe anzai versus naito and like shingo and uh hiromu or someone yeah because i was listening for them for Kanto to say like all together or something but he didn't say it so yeah i i was very much listening to that as well i was like kind of feel like felt like that might be something they might do for that because that yeah. wouldn't make a ton of sense oh for sure 
And then in the main event, Champion Carnival Final, Shotaro Washino defeated T-Hawk in 26 minutes and 45 seconds with the ankle hold. He did it, and once we knew this match was happening, it was like, I was like, you know, 100%, not a shred of doubt that um, Ashino was winning this. But, mm-hmm. and I thought, I even went as far as making a prediction of Ashino making the finals. But him winning it all, I was definitely a surprise. Yeah. From where we were a month ago. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it went from the body bag to the champion carnival, like, whenever. <laughs> Like I, I like I remember at the end of the yeah the last Ota Award show where Nagata won the title, or not the Ota Award, Corrigan uh, uh, where Nagata won the title, and uh, all of the Champion Carnival participants came out after that, with one exception. Yeah. And it was Shotaro Ashino because he had just been put in a body bag by Voodoo Murderers and just carried out. <laughs> and remember when, when like we were like thinking about okay what what does this mean but like what does happen from here does he actually join who the murderers now and it's like nope they just never followed up with it and then, then we're just like no he's just gonna win the champion kind of and i was like okay cool yeah sure <laughs> uh so as far as the match went i thought it was very good i went four and a quarter i just i mean they used the time while it was hard hitting i just there's something about it that just didn't feel like it was like match of the year level no but they got close but they they did it they did i mean it was a great match and i and i think it it accomplished what it needed to accomplish and everything but it's not going to be on my top 10 of the year no one thing i'm curious about like was t-hook just really good at selling the leg or was his leg actually like a little bit fucked for parts of the match because they didn't really do a lot of like like they did a lot of like standing and chopping each other's spots and everything yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. So, but yeah, no, it was still really good. I mean, like standing and chopping is something that T-Hog is like very, very good at. So. Yeah, and Ashino, Ashino can do that too with like the the upper, the European uppercuts and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I would say that it's just a shade below. Like if you think of all of the like highly lauded All Japan matches this year, like um, the tag title match. Mm-hmm. And like Kento and Yuma, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, those are like two that even like Doi versus Hayato, even Doi versus um, that's interesting. I don't know. I I, I like Doi versus Hayato. I think I, I went four flat on a champion carnival final, so I like Doi Hayato more. Okay, so uh, so it, well, I guess you could say it's in that sort of Hayato Doi level, like just below like the absolute top flight top, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's going to make my top 10 at the end of the year, but like it was still really good. But the crowd was like, oh, Ashino was so over. Yeah, no, that crowd was most. And, and the thing and is, Ashino like been such a prick. Yeah. And Ashino, ha- uh, well, okay, so Ashino comes into the, the company during the pandemic, right? So it's over two years of no crowd cheering with Ashino in all Japan. Mm-hmm. And then that very first Shinkibo that they had in, with with cheering, I think in November or where, or December, whenever it was, he was incredibly over, and he's mean he's been incredibly over the entire time, Paul. So which leads me to this next comment: they have to pull the trigger. They have to do it. I mean, it's now or never. It's now or never. He's he like I thought that he was permanently fucked, but they managed to rehab him. Mm-hmm. And if he loses this to Nagata, like 
he's not coming back as like a no. credible champion, uh, triple current champion. No, I mean, it's also because at that point, like there's other people that are coming up that are like pushing yeah. into like spots that will be taken up. And Yuma, Yuma's right behind him. Yuma, yeah, Yuma's right behind him. Anza is not that far behind him. Honda is not that far behind him either. Yeah. Like there's three people that are like strongly pushing towards like main event level right now. Three young guys as well. All younger like, than not him. That younger than old, him. Not, that, Ashino... not that Ashino's old, but like, yeah. Well, let's see. Uh... He's like 32, I think. Ashino is 33. 33, yeah. So His right birthday's actually there. on January 4th. <laughs> uh, and yet he could never I... get into that New Japan dojo. No. Um, <laughs> um, but so he's five years older than um, Yuma. Yuma, and he's way younger than, like, he's like 10 years younger 10 than 10 years Honda. older Honda. than Honda. Yeah, 10 years older than Honda. And like, sim- around similar with Anza, I think Anza is like 20. Anza is 23. 23, yeah, so same. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, so he's like got, it's now or never because yeah, because those guys are like yeah. gonna be they're not far behind him and they're gonna be mm-hmm. able to be around a lot longer. Yeah. So, but I feel like if he wins now, that means he is also sticking around like as a main yes. eventer after that. Absolutely. And I and... feel like that's probably that's probably the right thing to do for the promotion because you need someone as like a basically stopgap for those or like as like a I don't thing I... to overcome for those three. Look, if if in my honest opinion though, Ashino wins this, he gets a couple of defenses, and at best he maybe is a transitional champ again in, once in the future. I don't think he's yeah. a long term. Oh yeah, no, champion. no, no. I don't. I don't think he's like a long term. Like, but he still needs someone. Like, if if he wants to be like a credible guy for like a Honda to overcome in a champion carnival final like four years yeah. down the line, he needs yeah. to be a triple crown champion. Yeah, absolutely. And also. Here's my logic of where I think I see this. They got another Oda Ward Jim in June, right? Mm-hmm. What's the main event that they haven't done yet? Ashino versus Yuma? No, Ashino versus Kento for the Triple Crown. Oh, for the Triple Crown? Oh, yeah, right. They've never done that. Yeah. No. Because he only got shots against Uwama and Jake Lee. And he's only faced Kento in like Champion Carnival matches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I that's mean... like a great, that's like a great like statement win for Ashino. Yeah. Before he drops it to Yuma. Yeah, I think that's what they got to do. Yeah. And it um, it immediately adds to Ashino's credibility. I mean, especially like if they were just going to make this like a throwaway title defense for Nagata, I think they've done way too much work to build that up. Oh, yeah. No, it's just like... they've been teasing that for a while now that like there's it's... some... Yeah. It's one thing to have Yuma win the champion carnival and not win mm-hmm. because of where he is and how old he is. Yeah. It's different for Ashino. Like the thing with uh, Jake, they had to put the title on him as soon as he won the champion carnival, right? And they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because imagine Jake didn't win. Oh, that no. Injury, yeah. You know, it would be even more of a geek than he even was by the end of his All Japan run. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just don't, I mean, Trust me, I, I could see them having to gotta beat him. You know, mm-hmm. this is all Japan. Yeah. Um, but it just it's so stupid on so many levels. No, and I think they also I think at this point we they kind of need to like get some like at least they got some stuff back now with 
beating an outsider in a champion carnival final, but they need to start getting some win. Like I like the feud that they're doing where like all of these invaders come into all Japan and they take all of their titles, but they need to like start. Like now is the time for all Japan to make its comeback and get its titles back. Well, right. And I think they also need to make a statement to uh, younger wrestlers and outsiders Mm -hmm. that they may try to bring into the company that there are opportunities here for you. Yeah. Isn't that, that's something like, Ashino said, like in the post-match promo, right, where he was like, even smaller wrestlers have a chance in all Japan. Yes, right. So I think it it sends a message that if he wins a triple crown, right, it's not going to be a long reign or anything, but he'll get a couple big defenses, and then probably lose. I mean, beating Ken, like even let's say this is just the title reign, where like he 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 beats Nagata to win the title, he defends it once, but it's against Kento, and he beats Kento, and then he loses Yuma. I think you already achieved your job. Yep, I think so too. But I think if he drops it, it'll be like after the Royal Road Tournament. But yeah, you never no, know. because Yuma's winning that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most obvious thing right now that Yuma's winning. I think I was even saying that at the beginning of the year where I was like, I think Yuma's winning the Royal Road and then winning the title after that. Yeah. So like Ashino will get like maybe like two defenses. Yeah, which again, that's perfectly acceptable. So like, I think you could run another defense coming. against Suwama in in court. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the other one I have. I'm thinking about where like Suwama makes it because he's only ever beaten him once in the Champion Carnival, and there's like mm-hmm. a ton of history there. And so like to actually Su- like, Su- Suwama just play. coming in there and geeking him out leaves enough. Like, is Ashino gonna win? Yes. yes, especially especially because that would probably happen at around the exact same time when he did his, that same thing to Jake Lee a year yes. ago. Yes. <laughs> it would be about a year after that yeah exactly so no i think that works no but i do think that they need to put the triple crown back on like an all japan game because actually something i was thinking about about them just drawing terribly in Kurkin, but actually doing well everywhere else yeah is i think and if, if i remember correctly as well there was like some sentiment in like japanese fans online after nagata won the triple crown where I feel like they're drawing, because Kurokin is like a hardcore crowd, right? Like, yeah. generally speaking. I think they kind of pissed off some of the hardcores, and that's why the Kurokins have been shit. Uh, yes, I think that... there. I, I don't know how much you can extrapolate that, but there are absolutely uh, fans in Japan on Twitter that are not always happy when these outsiders win these big matches in all Japan. And putting that, and then having someone like Ashino that is clearly like a hardcore favorite, yeah. be the one to beat Nagata, I think is then the right call to like kind of like be done like hey come back we need to sell 300 more tickets to also ashino will walk into all together as champion that's gonna be a fucking weird setup if it's gonna be like ashino yota yota suji and jake lee is 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 that show after dominion yeah okay because dominion is at the beginning of june that's like third or fourth of june okay yeah yeah, is, it's uh, definitely like it's it's early June, so that show is gonna be like after Dominion. That's gonna be a weird setup of because JT doesn't have a title defense until then, so he's definitely gonna walk into that as CHC champion. Yeah. Um, if Sonata does retain, it's gonna be three all Japan <laughs> or three like Wrestle One slash All Japan guys. Yeah, that's that, that's also going to be a weird setup. Yeah, yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a weird sub, weird setup regardless because even if Nagata wins, then Nagata walks into that one as triple crown champion. Yeah, which is like I could see that too. 
Yeah. Because of a show like that, Nagata being the champion. No, but I, I do feel like, I think pulling the trigger now and actually, you know, like, I feel like maybe there was actually like a, because again, they never had any crowd reactions to go off of. Yeah. And then crowds are allowed to make noise again and Ashina comes back from his injury and he is super over and they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should actually pull the trigger on this guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, they went to the, remember, they went to the effort of doing that, teasing that Nagata and Ashino stuff on that show on the Cork and earlier in the week. Yeah. So, so like, like I said, is... there's way too much effort put into this for this to just be Nagata hits the backdrop and just pins Suji after like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah now sure. watch that be exactly what happens. Yeah, I know. Uh, so uh, during the in- the uh, longest intermission, uh, All Japan announced a bunch of more matches for upcoming shows. I think some important, interesting stuff coming up is uh, on May 13th in Toyama, Ryuki Honda versus Manabu Soya. Paul, do you think it's possible we're getting a GOA versus Congo match after they beat Suwama and Kono? I mean, maybe, but that would mean that Shino isn't winning. <laughs> No, this is all Japan. You can be the champion and challenge for the tag titles. I mean, yeah, but I don't... Oh, you think that actually that Congo is still winning that one then? Oh, yeah, we'll pin Honda. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, in that case, yeah, sure. Because um, I don't think they're going to make Ashino a double champion. I don't think they're yeah. going to go that far. Yuma Aoyagi and Aski Aoyagi versus Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori, and then the memorial match that had already been announced... Shuji Shikawa, Kento Miyahara, and Yuji Nagata versus Suwama, Satoshi Kojima, and Tako Omori, all former Triple Crown champions. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this. May 14th already announced Yuma Aoyagi and Atsuki versus Atsuki Aoyagi. I think that's their hometown. Yeah, Nagano is their hometown. Yeah. Listen to this, Didn't Paul. Didn't they do that last year as well? I think so. Paul, this is a match I never knew I, want, I, never knew I wanted. Dan Tamara versus Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> Yeah, that was the other one where I got tipped off that, oh, yeah, no, Dan isn't winning because he's not going to drop out a new junior champion to Satoshi Kojima. But that's going to rock, yeah. Yeah. Uh, May 18th at Shinkiba. Paul, this is the new announced match. Manabu Soya versus Suwama. <laughs> that's a lot of history, actually. Any Suwama <laughs> match in Shinkiba these days ends in a no contest. Uh, yeah, and that is still in May. Yeah, so he's yeah. still going to be it's here. Three days before the title match. Oh yeah, no, that that definitely there's like it's gonna be some barricades thrown and yeah. It's yeah, gonna get and as we already mentioned on the last show, uh the colors and evolution uh women's tag match. May 29th at Korokan Hall, this is where Nagata will be challenging Ashino, but we're also getting Yuma Anzai versus Ryuki Honda. And... I'm really curious about the outcome of that one. Because normally uh, it's like, oh yeah, the young boy's losing. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, could you have Anzai challenge for the Triple Crown during this Ashino reign if Ashino wins? I mean, if you just, yeah, I mean, that would be like an, like I said, if you actually want to like set up Ashino as like this guy that is like someone that Anzai needs to overcome long term, maybe Anzai's already beaten start Ashino. that early. Oh, I mean, shit, I forgot. Yeah, he did. That was his last lo- loss in the, in the traffic carnival. Which makes man, it, mind. I don't know, oh, man. Oh, I think yeah, you just pulled tri- in a tournament on a triple crown champion. One of the few ones possible triple crown champion. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think Anzai versus Ashino is a match you could do during that reign, if mm-hmm. if Ashino wins. Yeah. 
And then uh, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi versus uh, Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori. Uh, in on June 11th at Fukushima at the Big Pal at Fukushima, uh, they haven't announced the matches, but the special competitors are Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, uh, Yutaka Yoshie, Asushi Onida, who apparently has not actually vacated the All Asia Tag Titles. I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's just like a short thing, and then he's just going to be back before the next title defense is yeah. scheduled, like it would have been silly to strip him. Yeah. Uh, Musashi and Ren Ayabe. And uh, we have an all Japan AJPW TV six man tag team title match. Paul, this sounds atrocious. <laughs> Takao Mori, Black Mensa Ray, and uh, ATM versus Black Tiger, Gorgeous Matsuno, and Aizawa number one. Why is, why does, I really want, like, why does fucking, it's so bad. It's the worst Black Tiger ever. The worst black tiger ever. Absolutely. He really is. I would literally rather have Nosawa Black Tiger back. Oh, uh, I mean sure. Black Tiger 7. Whoever <laughs> that is. Uh yeah. And then uh Shitaro Shinun and Ryuki Honda versus Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori. And then yeah. on June 15th at Cork and Hall, we've got Minoru Suzuki, Hokuto Omori, and Naruki Doi versus Kaz Hayashi, Satoshi Kojima, and Taiokea. Mm-hmm. That is some pro wrestling love uh, reunion right there. <laughs> and curious, they've announced this Taiokea match, right? Yeah. But he's he has two matches, and they didn't announce the other one. No, they didn't announce anything on that Oda War on the seventeenth of June. Yeah, but you know what I'm feeling like? We're gonna get the return of Partisan Forces. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Where Taiokea like turns on the others, and then teams with Suzuki on the Oda War show. Oh, you think so? Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. Uh, okay, so on May 5th, Evolution uh, held their second show, Hatage, Hatage at uh, Shinkiba Fruit Spring. Uh, Maya Yukihi defeated uh, Chichi in 12 minutes and 14 seconds with a sliding kick. Uh, May Saruga defeated Sunny in 10 minutes and 24 seconds with a foot stomp. And Hiroyu Matsumoto defeated Zones in 14 minutes and 28 seconds with a Texas Cloverleaf hold. Uh, if anything services, I'll let you know. <laughs> Even <laughs> though all those, matches sound, all of those matches sound like great uh, matchups yeah. for them. Oh, yeah, I know. I think May Saruga was Chichi probably would be the one I would be like most interested in actually seeing. I, yeah, I think the one with Saruga would be like the the perfect uh, sort of like high speed style matchup. Mm-hmm. Paul, did you watch the Saito Brothers in Great? Uh, the one versus Bulk Orchestra, right? Oh no, 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 no that was just where they appeared. Uh, no, I haven't done no. So I watched it before we uh, watched the show. It, they took on the team of uh, Minoru Tanaka and Yu Izuka. Uh, it was okay. Um, the like the first half of the match is like went ten minutes. The first half of the match was them just beating up Minoru Tanaka, which was you know whatever. And then the last couple of minutes against uh like uh like Ray and Yuazuka was actually kind of good. So you know I wouldn't say you have to go out and rush out and see this though. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm sure that like size difference was fun to see though. Yeah, but uh, as I said this before, I don't think the Saitos work against smaller guys that well which is counterintuitive because you think oh well they'll just bump around a lot but yeah. they work best when they're running into other large men yeah true yeah they work best when they were wrestling like honda or Suwama. 
Yeah. Um, so that is All Japan and the world of All Japan. Uh, Paul, I think that they're writing the most momentum they've had in quite some time right now. Yeah, no, no, especially doing that great number, like actually going with a fresh Because, I mean, the Champion yeah. Carnival was not bad, but like I can only no. give it, what, like a 6.5 or a 7 out of 10 for the block stuff. Yeah, it was, it was solid. There was nothing really no way in any of the block no. matches. And even the final, like, it, it was a good final, but it also was like a step below like other Champion Carnival finals. I mean, there have been worse carnivals with better finals. Yes, no, the 2021 for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. So, Paul, we decided, why not? Some Big Japan. Are you ready for some Big yeah. Japan? Yes, Paul, I how am. much? how much Big, big Japan, Japan is been... back? Yeah, Big Japan is back, baby. How much Big Japan have you been watching as of late? Not a lot. <laughs> I've only been be... watching any Astronauts tag matches that have yeah. any kind of hype. That's all I've been watching. I've really kind of fallen off. Like, 2018, they were actually, like... Big Japan was one of my favorite promotions that year. Oh, for sure. It was so good, and then it just fell off a cliff completely. So I think I'm going to uh, start watching more Big Japan. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I think now definitely, I, like, the strong division, at least. Like I think We'll get back into this, but there are still some problems with the company. No, they're absolutely... That's, the, that's one of the big issues why Big Japan fell off so hard, was the strong division was always solid. It was the deathmatch division that just became actually well, just the strong division also bad. did become a little repetitive. Yeah, but and I think they have something. I think they have something here. Yes, yes, they do. And like, I mean, with all due respect to Yasufumi Nakanoe, but like, <laughs> he's not strong BJ, nor is he really uh, Yuya Aoki either. No, no. Um, yeah. Although Hashimoto sort of came into his own, Daichi. Yeah. Um so first up to open the show, Ender Kara, uh Chikarito Shoki and uh, Kazumasa Yoshida defeated Kazuki Hashimoto, Tatsuhiko Yoshino, and Satsuki uh Nago in eleven minutes with a bloody Sunday uh, on Kara on from Kara on Yoshino. Mm-hmm. Uh this is my first time seeing Ender Kara. He was pretty solid, I thought. And this is a good opener, like the is a junior six man that you wanted to like mm-hmm. heat up the crowd with. Yeah, no, I, I really like Endekara, and like I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, he is from Sweden, and uh, yeah, I've seen him in WXW uh, at the 16 Carat last year, where he was at the uh, where he was at the Ambition Show, and I think he was like at the normal like at the normal Carat show as well. But yeah, no, he was really good there. And then I've recently seen him in Berlin in G, uh, GWF as well, where he made his debut for that promotion actually. And they put him against Erkan Sulchani, who's like the tallest guy, who's like legit, like two meters something tall. Like he's, it was a very big size difference. And basically, no one really, like, I knew who he was, but like, there weren't really all that many people who knew who he was. And he just went absolute ballistic. Like, he did that thing where, like, you know how a guy just goes like absolutely insane for like the first like two minutes of the match, just really get the crowd like into him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he did that and just stayed over for the rest of the match. And no, I, I'm really happy that like, he like seems to have found like a, a not a home but at least like getting regular bookings from big japan because as a gaijin that is like a really hard thing to do yes it is especially as a smaller one as well uh definitely uh is it because great kojika allegedly doesn't like foreigners or is it because the the company has no money or is it a little from column a and column b 
I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B because I think I think a little less so now from column A because they basically booked like no foreigners like pretty much at all for like a good chunk and I think now that Kujika has very clearly taken a bit more of a step back like all of a sudden they start bringing in more foreigners and yeah so I think now it's just more column B than it is column A at this point. Mm -hmm. And then uh, next up, the welcome back barbed wire board deathmatch. I don't know who's being welcomed back here. Do you know? No, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know any of them. I, I, don't, I do know the people in there, but I don't know if any of them were like injured recently. Yeah. Uh, Minoru Fujina, maybe? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Ryuji Ito, Takashi Sasaki, and uh, Daiju Wakamatsu defeated Minoru Fujita, Kankuro Hoshino, and Yuichi Taniguchi in 13 minutes and 12 seconds with a diving Bakachiga elbow drop from Wakamatsu on Taniguchi. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was a match. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the belt that uh, uh, Kankuro Hoshino brought out with him? I did. Do you know which title that is? Is that I, that I Canadian know, but I'm title? wondering the what? Is that that Canadian title? No, uh, that is the Yokohama Six Man Shopping Street title. Oh, okay. The most infuriating title in all of wrestling history to keep track of. Yes. Because Big Japan is utterly terrible at reporting results where this title gets defended. So it disappears for like months. And then all of a sudden, a different team pops up holding the belt. And Big Japan just never reported the result of the title match. So we had no idea it changed hands. <laughs> Drove me insane for a while. So, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. you know, this was, you know, I don't know. I didn't like it that much. No, no, no. This was, it was really like, not all of them, but most of the death matches were like just pretty forgettable on the show. Uh, next up, uh, Ryota Hama, Yasufumi Nakanoe, and Andy Wu defeated Daisuke Sakamoto, Daichi Hashimoto, and Daimonji So with a, dive, a diving elbow drop uh, from Nakanoe on So. Okay, so I mean, I thought this match was mostly just there. It was perfectly acceptable six-man mm -hmm. tag team wrestling. But I got to say, I know that uh, Daimonji So has like become a Big Japan regular and has even challenged a couple times for the strong title. He's gotten pretty good, and he's like dramatically improved his look yeah no no no. he is definitely i think he's, i'm happy that he kind of got away from the whole like lens and crowd yes because that's just going nowhere like oh god no yeah he had to strike out on his own because he had the size i thought he had the talent whenever he would pop up in all japan so he's actually like you know making those strides now yeah um, and he so... and if he turns into something big japan will give him a chance yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the one advantage of being in big Japan, right? It's like, at least they're like, because they're desperate, they're willing to like give people chances. Yes. Next up was the Yokohama uh, Saikyu Budokai TLC deathmatch. Masashi Takeda and Masashi Takeda and Takumi Sukamoto defeated Michio Kajiyama and uh, Yusaku Ito in 1135 with the reverse U crash from Takeda on Ito. Uh, this was uh, not um, the best Takeda death match I've ever seen. No, this was also just sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the thing against Takeda. He still has like 
high-end stuff and like freedoms and everything like that but you know just everybody else in big japan death match division is just not doing anything yeah no i, I think it also like if if it's just like a random undercut death match like, i get why people don't really want to work that hard on those no but then that's like the double thing is like okay when you work when you don't want to work hard in a death match that's worse than not wanting to work hard in like a normal match yeah, yeah. and you're still like bleeding all over the place so it's even weirder <laughs> that you're like not really doing anything however i think things changed in the death match a bit here iron cage yeah. death match yankee tukenju asami kodaka and yuko miyamoto defeated kazumi kakuda and yuki ishikawa no not that yuki ishikawa in 13 <laughs> minutes and 17 seconds with a diving double knee drop uh from the cage bio kodaka on ishikawa oh this was a ton of fun and yeah. like kodaka and ishikawa were doing crazy shit with the cage and like i thought ishikawa was sort of the star of this match yeah no, I, I really love that, like, not that Yuki Ishikawa became a deathmatch guy, because it's, like, so, like, the opposite of the other one. <laughs> yes, definitely. The perfect, like, opposite. No, but th this was awesome. Like, I think, Yan I mean, Yankee 2 Kenjo are just an amazing tag team, always have been, still are. Mm -hmm. And, no, they, they did some crazy stuff in here as well. Like, I was actually kind of, I felt like they didn't really involve the cage all that much, but then they used it perfectly for the finish. Like, mm -hmm. that finish was, like, really, really nice, where uh, Yuko Miyamoto's in the cage, and then uh, basically it was, uh, who was it again that clapped on top of it? Kodaka dived off? No, 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 before Kodaka dived off. Uh, when Yuko Miyamoto was, like, in the cage, and he shook the cage to, like, make the person collapse on top of the cage. Wasn't it Ishikawa? Yeah, oh yeah, right. That was Ishikawa. Yeah. So yeah. basically Ishikawa's on top of the cage. He's about to dive on Kodaka. And then Miyamoto is in the cage and he just like shakes the cage uh to make uh Ishikawa fall over and he just climbs on top of the cage and he just does this like just no fucks given, just basically he did not really like look at all like how to like you know how sometimes when people then they do like a hurricane run off the top they like really make sure that everything is like set up perfectly yeah. before they do it no he just climbed on top and he just did it like he just <laughs> climbed up and just hit him with a like like basically the second he got on top of the cage he just immediately just did the like hurricane runner off the cage just yeah. in one fluid motion that was great and then idaka climbs to the top and just yeah just the knee drop like off the cage for the finish uh, onto Ishikawa. No, that was like, that was really, that was a really great finish. Yeah. And so uh, that was the best death match on the show. Oh, yeah, by far. Not even close. Okay. So next up for the Big Japan Junior Heavyweight title, Kaiji Tomato defeated Kota Sekafudo, Sekafuda in 17 minutes and 32 seconds with the red eye, ending. Um, Sekafuda had like quite the reign here. Mm -hmm. uh, a long one. Uh, let me just see here because I was looking at this earlier. Um, he was champion for 651 days. Oh, yeah, and he made like uh, 11 defenses of the title. And I so, beat, who did he, I think he beat like UEA for the title as well? He right? beat Kodaka for the title on oh, Kodaka. July 22nd, 2021. Wow. Um. So this is all going on when I'm not watching Big Japan, but Sekafudo, and I went back and I looked at some stuff. Sekafudo is really good. Yeah, no, he's become really good. Like he was more of a like a like a comedy guy, I think. 
think like last time I watched Big Japan, but yeah, he he's grown like a ton as a worker since. Uh, he's short even for a junior, but he's like thick. Yeah, and he does like a very like, you know, fast paced power style. Yeah, no, no, he he he's definitely come like a long way. I mean, that's like even the thing like because I remember like back when the Big Japan like junior division was introduced, everyone was like, oh, I don't know about this one, but I think like it's actually kind of secretly been like one of the better things the company has actually had in recent years yeah i'm just looking here oh there's a match from uh february 12th of him and abe against second or uh, yeah abe versus second that's got an 8.36 on cage match so i might have to track that down yeah that does like that might actually be up on core right now <laughs> by now yes <laughs> well yeah i mean that's another reason i mean i might even be willing to like pay for core if it like could upload in like even 24 to 48 hours yeah I, I would even be happy if it was like within a week yes and not three months later yeah yeah that's the that's the big thing why i don't pay for core yeah i'll give him seven days i what? i paid for i was i signed up for core day one and i actually had it for quite a while until i was just like i don't know if i want to watch these shows from like four months ago okay <laughs> yeah but uh, I don't know. I don't think Tomato is going to be a long-term champion. No, that that also feels like transition to like. But whoever, I like the next. Guy. Don't know what's going on. In the, and I'm just looking at these names. Like he defended mostly against outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm just looking here. Like defended against like Ultimate Spider Junior, like um, Brahmin Kai, oh, and I'm not wearing my Ultimate Spider Junior shirt right now. Isa Eight, uh, Takato Nakano is Bazara. Um, oh, he defended against Kazuki Hashimoto. Yeah, but you know, so I don't know. Doesn't seem like there's someone that's like an obvious um guy. Yeah, I, I, or, I, I you think know who it might be. One, I think he gets uh, one defense because I think Endakara is challenging him next. Oh, okay. Kazumasa Yoshida. Yeah, that would, yeah. He's like young, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's the who would be the next sort of longer term guy. So I guess so. But you can watch it to see what happens with the junior heavyweight title in Big Japan and everything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, Sekafuda was uh, he's really good if you haven't seen him. Yeah. Next up for the Big Japan Tag Team Title, Takuya Nomura and Fuminori Abe defeated uh, Takuho. Kato and uh, Hiroyuki Suzuki in 17 minutes and 8 seconds with the full dragon suplex from Nomura on Kato. This was awesome. This is the second best yeah, match of the show. Amazing. Yeah. Just like Kato and like Nomura were like the stars of this. Just duh, just kicking the shit out of each other. <sighs> Nomura, like I felt like Nomura was even more vicious than he normally is. And he just yes. beat the absolute shit out of Kato. <laughs> yeah. Just like um, those slaps were like legitimately like like on the level. It's like you know it's a work, right? No more. Like <laughs> did someone forget to tell you? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, given uh, the I I know that people are uh, having some debates about tag teams. People have noted that like FTR and the Bucks have not wrestled a whole lot this year so far, mm-hmm. and people bring up like Aussie Open and Bishamon. But you, I think you got to put astronauts in the 2023 tag team of the year conversation. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like every time they pop up anywhere, like they're absolutely amazing. 
But Just I went four, top four and stuff. a half on this. This was incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm actually sad because they're, uh, so they're going to be in the WXW uh, World Tag Team League later mm-hmm. this year. And I'm not going to be able to go. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm going to be on a work trip to Ireland. <laughs> Who else is in that tournament? Uh, they were, they're like the first team announced so far. Oh, okay. So I guess it'll be yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's a while off still. Like, it's at the end of September. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be away during Forbidden Door. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually, I think that might be worse because at least I don't live close to where like WXW <laughs> is running. Right. Because, right. Like, Essen, Essen, like, that's like a five hour train ride for me. But like, yeah. you're literally like around the corner from Forbidden Door and you're just like, nah, I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> Well, I have a vacation planned already, so yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, uh, before it was pl- in the pl- it was planned before Forbidden Door was announced. Um, so next up, Big Japan Heavyweight Title Yokohama Explosion Jungle Death Match. Abdullah Kobayashi defeated Hideyoshi Kamitani in 18 minutes and 19 seconds with the diving Bakachinga elbow drop to win the title again for God knows how many times he's won <sighs> that title. <laughs> Um, six his sixth deathmatch heavyweight title win. Only um, felt like like the five hundred. Yeah, that ends uh, Kamatani's two hundred and forty nine day title reign. Yeah, I mean, um, at least it's stronger than his like strong BJ title reign. Uh, how long was that? That was like a hundred and forty something. Oh yeah. Um. So, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. No. It was slow. Hopefully, this means it's time to pull Kamatani out of the deathmatch division. He seemed yeah. like a stopgap measure, but you've got he he's more needed in the strong division. Yeah. And he's like a guy that you can like have like challenge Yuya or yeah. And he can like run through Okami and everything to establish himself. So yeah, but I, I don't, what... like I don't like I just like I'm so done with Abdullah as the deathmatch heavyweight champion. Like I said, yeah, the deathmatch division has just been yeah, it it's been really weird because it peaked so high. Like it was like pretty solid always, and then just like in 2018 with that Takeda reign, it was just like actually genuinely amazing. And then mm-hmm. they 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 pulled the trigger finally at the Sumo Hall so on, at the Sumo Hall show in late 2018. Where uh, they put it on uh, 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 Masaya Takanashi. And then I don't even know, like, I don't even, like, they just felt that, they, like, they never went back to him afterwards. Like, they gave him a decently long title win, and I thought it was pretty solid. And then he just took the title off of him and just completely depushed him. Like, he had his entire, like, he had his faction and everything, like the Jimmy Dory brothers with Gueki mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Sakuda. Mm-hmm. And like that was really good, and then like all of that, they just stripped it away, and it just went back to Ryuji Ito, who's who's also like who's been washed for like a really long time, mm-hmm. and he was washed in 2018, and he's still washed now, and he's won the like the deathmatch heavyweight title like two times since then. So like it's not even just Abdullah that is the problem here. Like it's like people talk about Noah being like the promotion that just like puts titles on all the wrestlers, like the big Japan deathmatch heavyweight. Like, like division is so much worse for just sticking with the same guys and just refusing to move on to like new guys. Like it's 
And I think that's one of the biggest issues Big Japan has. If they actually went, if they actually pulled the trigger on some of these younger guys and actually like develop them, like did that, like the like obviously like we as the Westerners, like we like all of the like Daisuke Sekimoto and like all of the like strong division stuff with like just big like beefy dudes just hitting each other hard. But like the stuff that Big Japan like historically has been drawing on is the deathmatch division. And I think it's really like been more abound by just Abdullah and Ito just refusing to move on. Yes. Yeah, that's that's an issue. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know I, where I, it goes like from it, here. Because it even drove away like it drove away like some of the younger guys like to uh like freedoms. Like freedoms exist. Uweki? Like yeah, Ueki is there. Takuda is there. Uh Takeda. Well, I mean Takeda's still around, but he's never Takeda, been... Takeda is like but Takeda was never signed to Big Japan. Like even when he had his title reign. Yeah. Like he was I think he wasn't even a freedoms guy back then, but yeah. No, I mean but still like it's it, it's been an issue. Like just well like they had this really strong period and then they've just completely just the old guys come back and take over and it basically derailed the promotion completely. Yeah. That's uh, a very common problem in professional wrestling sometimes. Yeah. You know? So, yep. Uh, I don't know where the, the division goes from there. Or I mean, as long like as it doesn't go back to... Re- oh, God, imagine if they do Ito versus... They're probably going to do Ito versus Abdullah again. They might just... Why not? All right. But we still have one more match to talk about for the... Big Japan World Strong Heavyweight Championship. Yuya Aoki defeated Yuji Okabayashi in 27 minutes and 47 or in, in 40 seconds with the Tiger Suplex hold to win the title for the first time. Uh, my God, this was an incredible match. One of the best matches of the year so far. Four and three quarters. Just another yeah. war. It really recall because like look in the strong division, there's some what younger guys. They went like with Nakanui again. Hashimoto finally sort of grew into his own and had a successful reign. But like there's still a lot of repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Like Okabayashi had just defended the title against Sekimoto <laughs> a couple weeks before this show, right? So yeah. they, you know, um they needed a new blood in that uh, title scene. And obviously they've been building Aoki up. Since like um like two years now since he like left the junior division and mm-hmm. everything like that. So um and obviously Takuya Nomura finally won. Although you can debate whether he got the reign he should have. Um, but you know I mean, but to be fair, I also don't feel like Nomura is like the top. Like he he's obviously like a guy that you want to put him in events, but I don't think he's like a guy that can carry your promotion, even in Big Japan. Uh, more so than Aoki, or you think Aoki can carry? It I think I think they have something here. I think I think they have something here with Aoki. Okay. I think he's a guy that you can actually go forward with as like the ace of the strong division. Because mm-hmm. they need someone now. Because obviously, like they they've been going back to like the Okabayashi well. Yep. And like the I mean, I would say well, but... I would. I mean, some of these. Uh, Nomura and Okabayashi matches are incredible, but this really sort of, to me, calls back to 2015, 2016 with like Ishikawa and Okabayashi and Sekimoto and um, mm-hmm. and Kamatani. Mm-hmm. Like this, remember the match that Kamatani first won the title? 
yeah, no, that was amazing too. And then right, it sort of reminded me of that a, great. a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it sort of reminded me a bit of that too, like the, yeah. the heat from, and then you're like just an utter brutal war that you know the the young guy won and became the champion and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like to me, yeah, because now we, like it's now or never. Like because I feel like they kind of chickened out on Kamatani, but it was because they had the safety blanket of like still having a peak Daisuke Sakimoto and Luigi Okabayashi go back to. Yes, and you don't have that anymore. Like Okabayashi can still go, but Sakimoto's washed. Yeah, and he's kind of done. Like he can still like every once in a while he can still turn it on, but like on average he's pretty washed at this stage. You can't have him so, carrying the title. Exactly. And I think also the advantage with Yuya as well, that he is like someone that is like very different from what they've had at the top of the strong division, but that can still do that style as well, while he still yeah. adds something completely new. Because they've never, like, Big Japan's never had a high flyer, like a position like this. Right. Or someone that can at least do those sort of moves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not saying that he's like commander or something, but he's like he can do some like, like really crazy. Like he can do some high spots and everything, and get really get some excitement. But then he can also just stand in there and just deliver an absolute crazy chop fast with Okabayashi, like he did here. Yeah. But no, this match, this was this match was like absolutely amazing. Like I think I'm really like I was I'm still kind of baller, and I might need to rewatch it because I was flirting with full five on this one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, right now I'm at 4.75, but I might have to bump this up to a five if on rewatch, because because I was really tired when I watched this match. I watched the show yesterday, mm-hmm. and I pu- I started the show at like eight, and since the show went on forever, like it was pretty much around midnight by yeah. the time the main event rolled around. So I was really, especially after that death match title where, uh, match, I was really tired. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but no, this this was just this had like. Yeah, this had really everything I really want out of a title match. Like, he had, like, the young guy, like, finally, like, he went in there, like, with the legend, with the guy that has been, like, on top of the promotion, like, forever at this point. Like, really, like, the, like, even, even more so than, like, Sekimoto as, like, the guy that is really, like, the, the symbol of the promotion, really, or at least the symbol of, like, the strong division. And he just goes in there and he just, like, stands up to him. And he, like, Yuji Okabayashi is, like, a literal mountain that Yuya Aoki has to climb to, like, overcome and finally become, like, the top guy in the promotion. And I think that's really what, like, the story of this was as well. It was, like, Yuya Aoki had to prove himself to Yuji Okabayashi to, like, become the champion here. Like, I, I remember, like, that, that, like, that whole, like... Uh, thing that they did where Yuji Okabayashi was like at the top to like prepare for the golden slam. And then he, he like shoves up Yuya like what, like four or five times basically. And Yuya just refuses to like stay down. Like he just immediately knows like, like he's just basically like staggering back up, like barely any power left because he knows if he's like even staying down for a second to catch his breath, mm-hmm. Yuji Okabayashi is going to like come down on him with the golden splash and the match is over. So he's just like, he gets shoved up and he just staggers back up every single time, just runs back to the top rope to like get Okabayashi out like any like by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, there were some crazy spots in here as well. Like I remember when Okabayashi was like standing like uh, uh like next to the top turnbuckle and then uh Aoki just drop kicks him and Okabayashi just takes a flat back bump onto the concrete. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like it's just crazy stuff. Just, yeah, no, absolutely amazing match. And I, I have a feeling that this might, this could potentially end up at the top of my match of the year list. Uh, but it will definitely be on the list. Like, I, I have no doubt that when this year's over, this will be somewhere in the top 10 and probably in the top five, potentially at the top spot even. Yep. It's uh, it's that good, people. You got to see it. You absolutely yeah, have to no. see it. If, if, look, this show is like, this, like the five is like, what, five hours? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you could fast forward. Yeah. I did, and it actually dramatically reduced the time. Yeah, I didn't because the way I watched it is I, I have this really wonky uh, media server set up going, but I can't really fast forward if I beam it onto my TV. So, mm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so basically, I had to watch the full thing. I couldn't fa- I couldn't go back if I missed anything. I just had to watch the whole thing. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't fast forward either. So I actually just sat there for the entire intermission too. Uh, <laughs> it, it, that's why I told him I was really tired. I, I literally had to watch the entire thing. Um, so yeah, uh, no, but like if you watch anything from this, watch this. There's other matches as well I would recommend. Like definitely like the uh, tag title, the Yankee to Kenju. Yeah, the Yankee to Kenju death match, the tag title match, the junior tag title match as well. I would say, but. Even if, but if you don't have time for any of that, you need to make time for this. Like, if you want to make like an actual, like proper year-end list of the top matches that have happened in the world this year, not just Japan, but like anywhere, you need to watch this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we forgot forgot to mention uh, this drew uh, 1,828 fans to Yokohama Budokan. Mm-hmm. Which uh, they did similar number last year, but it's possible that they discounted the tickets again. Yes, that that's what they did last year. Where like I think you could get like into the building for like what like twelve bucks or something. You can get in the building for like fifteen hundred yen. Yeah, I think that that's what it was. Yeah, it was like super cheap. Yeah, so um, that works because their core. I mean, it it helped. Yeah, their core can number. Their core can numbers are still very dire. Yeah, like three, like four. This was like six hurricanes for them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, Paul, I no, think, I think, I think keep... it just helps perception to just have your new guy get put over in the front of a crowd this big. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It was worth it. So, uh, I think we're going to have to keep an eye, more of an eye on Big Japan. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I, I'm, I really invested now into this Yuya Aoki title reign. I watch yeah. him lose it to like Daisuke Sekimoto in like two weeks. <laughs> All right, Paul, any other closing thoughts? Uh, not much right now, but yeah, as I said, uh, Big Japan might get added a bit more to the rotation now. So uh, you guys can keep looking forward to that one because, yeah, it used to be a promotion I really deeply loved and I actually know quite a bit about. So if it actually... Uh, becomes good now i'm more than happy to add it more regularly to the rotation definitely so um it's going to be a i mean shows are going to be happening in the next week or so but nothing major to be quiet so probably the next time you uh hear us we'll be talking about that world tag title match with uh congo versus voodoo murders yeah i have a really strong feeling i know what's happening (laughs) yeah uh paul do you want to make that prediction and get it on audio Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely Keno and uh, Soya beating Voodoo Murderers, and then Suwama 
either at that show or like at the next All Japan shows getting kicked out of Wudu Murderous. So Suwama will be a baby face by June 1st, basically. He will be a baby face when he uh, is teaming with Yuma Anza on June 3rd, I think. Yes. Yeah. And then the, he, there's I, that... He will be a baby face at that show. Yeah, there's a core that, on the 29th. Prediction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. For sure. All right, so uh, we will see if that happens. So for Paul Bosch, I'm George Otoyo, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.